welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode number 23, Parenting Our Young Adults. So I am sitting here with my sweet husband, Craig Brummel. He is joining me on this episode because no one better to be joining me since he is my partner and my companion and my my main dude in all of this. And so when I was sharing with him that uh, this was going to be the podcast episode for today, he, he jumped on board. So It's good to be here. I wasn't sure I was going to be invited back, so yeah. I'm happy, to, happy so, to be back again. Well, he was with us, what, 10 episodes ago, and he is back after popular demand. So, so as I said, Craig Brummel, he is my, as people like to refer to him now, as my favorite human because of this podcast, but you are that, and... Uh, He's also my my person on this crazy parenting and life journey, and we are the parents of four sweet humans, Ellie, Ben, Leo, and Mora, and as of today, they all range in the ages of 14 to 20 years old. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) So, and then along with that, as I think most of you know, I am blessed to be a life coach uh, to many young adults and their parents, so I feel like I live and breathe this work. And it is really so much about walking the walk. And so I love to be able to share as much about our own journey and that of my many of my clients. And today we're going to be talking a lot about our more personal, personal ones. So since I'm often asked the question, how do we raise healthy, happy, successful, and good humans? Not that that's asking too much, right? Uh, but I don't think, I never really have an answer that says there's any perfect formula. But what I do know is that I believe that we do have power and influence and a very integral part to play in raising our young people. So Craig and I today are going to talk about two areas that we see as our greatest gift and our greatest responsibility to our kids. And these two areas fall under the umbrella of, well, one would be parental relationship, and then the, the other umbrella would be the marital relationship. So let's talk about the first one, the parental. Let's do it. All right. So there is a lot of research out there that tells us that the parental relationship with our children impacts their emotions, psychology, and neurobiology. So who we are and how we show up is really truly the greatest informer and teacher for our children. So I think it's safe to say that 
you know, we all step into this parenting world with good intentions. And what is most interesting and something we have learned time and again is that sometimes our love is overshadowed by our own our own baggage. And there's a lot of unconscious things at play and, and how we approach our kids, right? And how we approach parenting in general. And there's legacies of emotional baggage from our parents, which of course lies dormant and can get triggered pretty quickly. This doesn't mean though that we become self-absorbed. What it means is that we can become more self-aware. And then of course with this self-awareness comes choice and comes wisdom and freedom, frankly. And then love and curiosity and compassion can kind of dictate and and uh, kind of run and allow us to operate from that place, that love and compassion and curiosity versus the fear and the control and manipulation that I think many of us can kind of fall into when we are overwhelmed or we just don't know. There's just a lot that comes at us as parents. And so it's really important to not be driven by these undercurrents of our growing up. And the parent, you know, our parents' voices in our heads, for instance, or our own voices that tell us that our our children need to be A, B, or C to be okay, to be, you know, to be held in esteem, or for us to be held in esteem in our society, to be a good parent. Our kids have to be these things, right? And I think that, as you know, our young children have their own journeys to walk, just like we have our own. And they have an authentic path that is all their own, just like we have our own. And so we can model for them what we believe to be best and healthiest and truest and most authentic. But at the end of the day, it is really up to them to decide if they want that and resonate with that model or not. So our job is to be us very well and to live as authentically as we can, whatever that looks like for us. It's also our job to help our children live their authentic life and living up to their own expectations and desires and not ours. So it's something I heard recently and I loved it. It's almost like the shift becomes taking our voices out of their heads and allowing for their voices to be there. But those voices you want to be coming from love and compassion and curiosity, not from harshness and fear. And so we play a part in helping our children come into that voice and have that voice and hone that voice within based on how we are speaking to them and also to ourselves. So the questions they're answering, which are life's essential questions are, who am I? Am I worthy? Am I loved? Am I whole? And do I matter? And every child of ours, that is the question that they are asking themselves. And that's the one that I think is is the question they're going to be asking for the rest of their lives. So we need to model these things for our children. And it all begins with us. So by doing our own work and getting in alignment with you know, the parenting and raising our young people, and this, this doesn't matter if you're married, divorced, from wherever you're coming, this is a, a very key component, we believe, and powerful influence on our children and one that we have some control over. Would you agree? It, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned 
I hadn't thought about it until just listening, the notion of the voice and the mm-hmm. child voice, the young adult's voice in their head. And I even think of my own upbringing. At times, I have voices of my parents asking, are you sure? Right? It's the Polar Express movie, if anyone's seen that, where the, where the girls always ask, are you sure? And finally, she's like, yes, I'm sure. And, and even that type of voice in our head sometimes replays, am I sure, am I sure, rather than building confidence and you got this. And so I do think the language that we use with our kids, our young adults, and, and encouraging them that they've got it and they're capable, it impacts it. And so not bringing some of that, that baggage, as you said, I think is important. Um, the, the other thing that I, that I think about with this is, and we've tried to do this with our kids, how do we let them learn? How do we let them get independent and do their thing? And, and the, the story that comes immediately to mind was really when they were much younger, where um, you, Marta, you, you basically started with our oldest, you have to make your own lunch for school. But that only came because Ellie, and she was in kindergarten, mind you, Ellie was adamant that she was going to make her own lunch, and she did not want me making her lunch. And I thought, after fighting with her, I don't know how many, and realizing she was throwing her lunch away at school (laughs) and not eating it anyway, I said, fine. You get to make your own lunch, and right. here's the pantry, and from which these these are the foods from which you get to and choose. And that turned into the fact that all four <laughs> then have to make their own lunch. And we had friends right. of ours going like, "Really? Like you don't make right. your kids lunch?" And it's right. like, "No, we felt like are we mm-hmm. neglecting them?" But oh yes, even that finding, was definitely yeah. it's the struggle is real That's as right. parents, man. The the uh, the microscope feels like it's on us, and people are going to be judging you every step of the way. And all I will say is, the more true you are to you, and you know, obviously honoring your children in the same breath, but doing so in a way that you think this is this is how I'm going to do it, and I feel strongly this is this is the right way for our family. Then you stay true to that. And who cares if everyone's making, you know, some of these kids had perfect lunches and I'd hear about it. And the parents were amazing. And these moms were amazing. But anyway, we won't go. (laughs) But but finding those opportunities at a young age and throughout life for them to learn. And I feel like as parents, we we are faced with those those choices. Like with sports for us. Mm -hmm. You grew up playing college soccer. I Mm -hmm. grew up playing lots of sports through high school. Um, not quite good enough for college, but that's <laughs> so you know, for the Irish yeah. guard at Notre um, Dame. He was but, good enough. But within those, like, how do we want our kids with with sports? We could be pushing them really hard. We could be structuring all these camps. We could make it. You have to do this. Get up early in, in the afternoon. And I think within that, we kind of let our kids drive where their passions were, what they loved. Um, and not make not necessarily make as much decision about how much how often they need to be spending time on sports, but allow the love and the passion of the sport to to drive their actions. Would you or agree? to be developed because they don't have the passion necessarily maybe right away. Right away, that's and right. they have to make a commitment. Once they make the commitment, then we support them one hundred percent, and right. they have to maintain. And honor the commitment they That's make right. to these so sports. And so learn, right. all of our kids were doing that. I think Guatemala really took us off the the beaten path for that, though, with our kids in terms of travel sports and uh, just the path that I think most people were and are on, which is you got to maintain an intensity and you got to maintain a high level if you, in fact, want to take these, you know, 
let's say, as Craig used the example, sports to, you know, that next level and maybe to the next level of collegiate sports. These days, it's a completely different animal than when I played. So it, it requires a, a incredible discipline and incredible commitment that uh, you so can't how just do you balance fall that? into That's that. That's the right? question as right. parents. You want to help nurture it where it makes sense but then also let them run with it to learn and grow and develop their own passion. And that's a balance within, within right. that process. And some kids are more internally driven than others. In fact, we had our son Ben say to us, he wishes we had pushed him more in high school because he loved the, the sport of soccer and he would have loved to have played in college. Well, that was something that wasn't an easy thing to pursue because right. he was at a boarding school, high school boarding right. school that wasn't really about developing high school soccer players. It was more about, it's, it was a good team and um, there were a lot of good experiences uh, connected to that, but it wasn't about developing him necessarily as a collegiate player. No, right? but we gave him opportunities to say, here's some other right. alternative approaches you, you could do if you want. And then he got to choose how much right. he wanted to pursue And on top that. of all the other commitments he had, which was an intense and very full schedule. So it was a lot. But he wasn't necessarily, he'd hear us, but he wasn't necessarily willing to commit. Right. So, again, great example of being told after the fact, Mom and Dad, you could have done this better. <laughs> and us saying, listen, based on what we knew to be true and what we, you know, what you fed us and kind of came back with, we... We then chose to, to follow that your lead on that because why push you and have the resistance and the lack of commitment um, when it was really about such a you know right. such a big step. That's right. You know? So so the the other thing in addition to uh, letting them finding opportunities for them to learn and and I didn't really maybe understand the impact until we started asking our kids even about this podcast to get feedback that Guatemala had on our kids. Mm -hmm. And and the notion of providing experiences for them that creates discomfort, resiliency, and the ability to be independent. And, and each of them in their own ways talked about Guatemala that set the stage, that forced them to be independent, mm -hmm. that created some of their own being, and then laid the path, the roadmap, for them to make decisions later on. So, mm -hmm. so the idea, and we didn't, we didn't necessarily, when we made the decision, think, oh, this will create independence in our kids. It was more like, this will be an interesting experience and see how we go. And what it's done is it's allowed them to figure out who they were in that experience. And then even our son, Ben, said, hey, I picked Tanzania when he had a summer opportunity to travel for something that's different, where I knew I could grow and learn. And, or, or I could have chosen Europe or, I could have or chosen something Australia. More comfortable that was a little bit more, more glamorous and um, yeah, that's right. more comfortable. And our oldest chose, chose to go to Madrid to school un, for unseen, college her first or, year. For, for college her yeah. first year. And so finding ways to either support or even create these experiences, I think, have helped our kids from an independence and from a um, well, it's been very formative for them. Right. Yeah, the formative years for sure. And each child in Guatemala experienced it differently based on their age and stage. So it was different. And so the adversity, the level of adversity for each was different. And each kind of, I think, processed it that way and from where they were coming and where they were in that moment. But it has definitely been very, I think, um, informative in their 
their development. And now where they stand, they refer back to that as though that was one of the best decisions we made. And as Craig said, it's kind of surprising at times as to, you know, when we hear this from them, we think, wow. And it just keeps coming where, you know, we'll learn more and more things as we go from our kids as to what they have taken from that. And so I think your big picture here, why you even brought up Guatemala was that that decision was one where we knew it would take our kids out of their comfort zones, all of us, frankly, that it would be a, a big dose of discomfort and mm-hmm. um, challenge and struggle would you know, ensue because of that. But also we knew, even though we had no idea what that looked like, that there was going to be tremendous growth opportunity. Right. And even Mo said earlier, it was a growth opportunity and it was so unique to anything we could have had in the States that there's takeaways because of it, that she could have experienced certainly adversity in the States and struggle and all the things that come along with just being human and growing up. But that particular struggle, that particular, um, you know, kind of flavor of it in Guatemala was just unique. And it doesn't mean as parents that now everyone has to go find an international experience for the kids. No, 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 no. This is very much (laughs) of what... There's lots of different opportunities, so f- look for those. Mm-hmm. Look for those experiences. It could mm-hmm. be a little trip somewhere. It could be an opportunity to go to a camp that's a unique experience. It could be a variety of different things, but those, what we found, and as we reflected back, were opportunities that created that independence. And, and also depth and breadth. And, depth. and I think yeah. it's getting to know people who are different from you, who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who... Mm-hmm who are living lives very differently and just it enriches your experience. You learn so much. And I think that is what the takeaway for our kids was and it will forever be is my hope. But, you know, and it's also, you know, developing your gifts and your curiosities and realizing it's not all about you. It's so much bigger than that. We are so connected and we belong to one another. And I think that that message was conveyed in a way that was really powerful for the kids. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just say, maybe before we go to marital, that the the third thing that came to mind on (laughs) this was, I am excited (laughs) for that one. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Um, I think just the notion of, of providing support based on where, what the, the, the young adult needs at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's finding the balance. It's being resourceful. And it's, and it's sometimes, Asking to be let in to to do, do you want Mara you you are awesome at this do you want do you want my opinion or do you just want me to listen my support or my do you want advice my support and that's or my advice MJ. right those yeah. are the words yeah yeah and and that so so rather than and sometimes I find just even from my own work and consulting and otherwise I'll come in and say yeah here's what you need to do and that doesn't always serve serve our our kids the right way so coming in and and being there when you need them and not being there and allowing them to figure it out along the way finding that rhythm there have been times we have some some stories where we probably should have been a little bit more involved in a few things along the way which I like to call our benign neglect like there's times where you just have no idea and you think it's going to be okay they're going to be all right. right they'll figure this out but knowing what we now know that we could have maybe offered more support or been more, you know, involved than we, we were. But again, that is dictated by also this interplay with our kids and trying to read them and see That's what right. they need. And we've always also been ones we've sought outside of us 
if and when needed because, you know, and that could be in terms of counseling, it could be in terms of a mentor, it could be in terms of coaches, it could be in terms of teachers, it's our family or, you know, wise elders, whoever it is. To say, hey, these are people who really have the wisdom and can help guide you through this particular situation. That probably would be better than Dad and me, right? That's so, right. well, when we have you know, we have a dear friend of ours who's been a counselor for our crew, and we will. There may well, be Sister certain Joy. times, yeah. Well, and and for our family as well, Doctor Courtney as well. Oh gosh, Suzanne Courtney. Yeah, yeah and and where we've where we've said, hey, you know what? Now would be a good time. For, mm-hmm. Why don't you go talk to them mm-hmm. and have a conversation and mm-hmm. see where it goes? And sometimes that's needed, where you kind of step in and encourage that. And other times it's, do you want to? Mm-hmm. Right? You we support if it's something, and and sometimes they'll say, yeah, I'm ready, or no, I'm good. But, but finding they've referred that to that as helpful, and they've all that's been right. grateful to have had that outlet. And, um, of course, they've also now been asking for life coaches because <laughs> outside, of, outside their of their mom because, you know, I've been told many times, mom, I want mom, not life Just coach mom. mom. So c- can you guys imagine how hard that is for me? Because it's literally what I mm-hmm. eat and breathe. But anyway, so, again, that I think is just an example of many, um, one of many, really. Okay, so at, at the end of the day, I think, as I said, our job is to help our children live their authentic life. And the more we live our authentic life, the better we can help them live their authentic life. And so living up to their own expectations and desires and not ours, the same is true for us. Not living up to our parents' expectations or desires or the societies or whatever may be, but truly honoring what is our what are our desires, what are our expectations, and then going to work on that and digging in and going for it. Okay, so along, okay, we're going to kind of move on to number two. Number two is more along the lines that, you know, as Craig said, this is the marital piece. And we believe that the marital relationship or the partner relationship, whatever that relationship is, with, you know, the person with whom you're raising these these young people, these awesome humans, it's just as powerful and vital and life-giving for our children um, in terms of, you know, the relationship, the parental relationship we just talked about, very core and, and powerful. But this marital relationship that we have control over, that is ours to own, is also, we believe, to be just as vital and important in its own right. And so the relationship between Craig and me and the relationship with you and whomever you are in relationship and raising these young people, keep in mind that it requires, similar to children, it requires that nourishing component and the watering and the feeding and the honoring of it. And know that there's going to be seasons of relationships, just like for Craig and me, we've been married almost 22 years Mm -hmm. and... It's been a fun fun time, babe. And um, I think we've had our, you know, our highs and lows and in-betweens. And we've had our our seasons, our, you know, and I think each year brings tremendous growth. And we are always kind of, you know, aware that this relationship is just as, as important as all the other relationships with our children. And if not, maybe even more so because at times because... I think the more we anchor us and the more we honor us, I think the more anchored our kids feel, you know, because of it. Um, but, you know, when we're struggling, our kids are going to see that. And then we have to go about how do we 
How do we take care of that? What do we do about that? Do we go out and get counseling? Do we go out and talk to someone? Do we, what are we doing to address those issues? And not hide that from the kids, but also take care of it and be responsible for it and not include them in it or get them caught in the crosshairs of it because it's totally unfair. It's not theirs to own. But that's always, it's easier said than done at times. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our kids have amazing spidey senses. We may think. It's like their dad. We we (laughs) may think that they don't know what's going on. Mm. And and they absolutely do. They either they either know explicitly and intellectually and emotionally, or they know it implicitly and intuitively in their being. Something's off. We have had times when our kids are like, Mom and Dad, you guys need to go on a date. It is time. Go take a I date. Remember the like, guys, most recent was Ellie. We have a little intervention. Like, Seriously, right. Mom and Dad, go go get some dinner and get out yeah. of here. And we were like, really? <laughs> and and I think the point on this thing is is that in, in one of our Ben, actually Ben and Leo both said, look, when we don't have to fix you guys, when we don't have to worry about you guys, it allows us to figure our own stuff out. Mm-hmm. It well, doesn't it, require yeah. us to get mixed up and messed up in, in all of that. And so it's kind of like, hey, take care of your, your crap and, and get it, you know, in order sufficiently so that I don't have to, you know, go through the mud with you on that. Right. Our emotional well-being is not theirs to own. And I say that often to parents. And even though I think we we never in a million years want to put on our children or on their shoulders anything that isn't theirs to carry – I think sometimes we do so without even being aware. And I think that relationship, whatever that relationship is for you, I think it's just something to keep in mind and keep in heart and to know that that relationship requires nurturance. And it's not just for the betterment of that, only for the two of you within the relationship, but also for your children. That's right. And and, and I remember a quick story on this where I was traveling a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And uh, Leo... Was was struggling with it, and we didn't know quite what was going on. But he just he wasn't himself, and and what came of that was like he's like this is not right, and he was struggling with me being gone so much, and he wanted more time with dad. Well, Martin and I had to figure that out. Like Mm -hmm. it was like that wasn't Leo's to take on. It was more of all right. What does this look like? How do we together? make this work? How do I think about it from my work perspective to get more time to help him? And then how do we get him support to go back to the parenting Mm -hmm. side Mm -hmm. where we brought him in and he had a chance to meet with Dr. Courtney who kind of helped him walk through and understand and give Mm -hmm. him a little more power. But those were things, that was an example where it's like, oh my gosh, we never thought. But as parent, as in our marriage together, both how we're working together because we weren't as connected. He was seeing that. And then I wasn't around as much mm-hmm. and he was feeling that. that well, really he just, he, um, he mentioned today because he referred back to this that when we were sharing with him, we were going to be doing this on the podcast. And he said, I remember mom, you checking in with me and seeing how I was doing. And you would say to me, Hey, I miss dad too. I know you miss him and, and, uh, I miss him too. And he said that helped him. And little did I know, of course, at the time that that was helpful. But I mentioned that because I think when we share with our kids where we are, but we also take care of our emotional 
needs and our well-being, but we can share with them what's going on, I think it's pretty powerful yeah. because then they're, we're modeling well. for them yeah. what we're doing to take care of ourselves, and we're also being real and authentic to the degree that it's you know, reasonable and you're not telling them too much information, right? But again, I do have a tendency. This is true. Um, as Ellie would say, I back up the dump truck at times and, you know, but that is what it is. So, um, I think that, you know, in our relationship, we love, you know, I always, I've been referring more and more to Brene and I do love her. And she, she talks about having a strong back, a soft front and a wild heart and I love this analogy for marriage because I think our marital relationship can serve as that and is that for our children in terms of it's kind of personified. They're watching it, they're seeing it, and they're experiencing it. And then, of course, they get to choose to have a very different kind of relationship that they so desire in their own lives. But they're seeing something that I think we believe is really important for them to witness. And, you know, the strong back is having the courage to show up and to listen and learn from one another. The wild heart is about being willing to stand on your own and find your voice and find out who you are. And that can sometimes be a crazy dance, right? In a, in a marital relationship. And when we're coming in as, you know, we're, it's an interdependent kind of relationship, I think at its best. If it becomes too dependent, it's just you lose a little bit of your center and your your grounding. And then the soft front is openness to others and being vulnerable and showing what vulnerability means, which is you can get hurt and you are exposed to that person and you're you're giving them your soft front because you trust them and because you care deeply and because you want to connect and you want to be in relationship. And being willing to compromise. At oh times, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that, that softness right. and openness right. is a critical part. Right. And I think in my coaching practice, it's just as important in helping our, our kids and the parents of those young people to develop the confidence and the courage and the openness and resiliency uh, to become themselves very well and to just kind of show them there is a path for this. There's a way to do this. And it's messy and it's not perfect uh, and it can be pretty difficult at times and there's going to be struggle and hard and all of the things, but there's so much enrichment and meaning and purpose. And I think growth that comes from that willingness to be, you know, the, the, um, wild heart, soft front, strong back in, in a relationship that is one that is so sacred as the marital relationship is. Um, so what do you say about that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it also applies to what we're trying to build with our kids as well. The courage, the openness, mm -hmm. and the independence. Mm -hmm. like, I love how Brene talks about that. And I think it, it very much relates to, to those relationships as well. Right. Because I think we're also showing them how to love and to be loved. You know, you want your children to know both both skills, right? To, to know how to love, but also to be in love, to be loved in return. And then, um, to be able to risk, um, bravely, right. And then to also know that there's loss in all of this too. And there's the vulnerability piece and to be free to express that and to be open to that because you know, that's part of the package. It's part of the, the bigger picture and it's such a, a beautiful one, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's chock full of so much. Okay. You good? I'm good. Okay. So I think 
Well, where were we going to take this? Um, we wanted to kind of move into maybe wrapping up. So, like, where do you start? The notion of, all right, given the parental relationship and given the marital relationship, mm-hmm. if we wanted to start and maybe make some shifts, where where, did, where is that starting point? So I think you should take it away here, babe, because you seem to know you're kind of taking us, um, and I think this okay. is good. So well, we'll see. Let's see how this goes. Okay. Um, yeah, so if I were to think on the parental side and the, the parental relationship, I think for me the starting point is, is almost like an assessment, like a self-assessment of where what's my intention and what's my involvement right now with my young adult like how involved and, and am I about making sure they're achieving what I want them to achieve or is it really about helping them know who they are, um, find their own uh, voice and independence and, and depending on where you fall on that, that is going to influence what you may feel you might need to do. Right, but they also need to be learning that internal motivation and drive to say right. this is what I want and then you, as the parent, can offer and say, here are some of the safeguards in place for you and supports. But what does that look like? You tell me. I will no longer be doing for you what you can do for yourself. And I'm no longer going to be paving the way and, you know, kind of pushing outside of the realm of, you know, struggle and adversity and natural consequences. So, you know, those parents out there who are possibly, you know, say your child gets cut from a, a team, and then the parent goes to the coach and, you know, reams out the coach. And then the coach brings the child back on the team. It's like, wait a minute, let's get a better message, which might be, hey, this hurts to get mm-hmm. cut. And hey, this hurts. And maybe this feels very unfair right now. All all understandable. What do we, first of all, let's hold space for that, right? And let's kind of lick our wounds. But then now what? What's the next step? Do we maybe dig in and, and you go hard for this next year and then you try out for that team again? Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Or maybe you shift gears and maybe you choose differently. You get to choose that. But instead of kind of trying to fix a problem, problem solve with them, show them the way of what it means to take accountability and responsibility and understand life isn't going to come on a platter for you. And You're give gonna... them the actions. Give That's right. them the opportunity. Maybe they go talk to the coach if That's they right. really feel. That's so right. So it's empowering them Or you them could be there with learn. them when they talk to the coach, but you say nothing. That's right. <laughs> so, so the idea of assessing and then you hit on it. It's like find opportunities to let go to, or to support mm-hmm. them, to mm-hmm. enable them. Mm-hmm. No more lunches. That's it. That's the recommendation. <laughs> no, don't make lunch for your, for your young adults oh anymore. Once they're in college, oh my you should gosh. stop doing that. Yes. Um, and then the, the last thing on the parental relationship side in my mind was find some opportunities, like create an opportunity or have them find an opportunity that creates independence and meaning and purpose and meaning and purpose so that then it'll, and again, it's about empowering, enabling them so that they can grow and learn and figure things out rather than as a parent doing all of that for them. Yeah. And I think that's really so much about, you know, helping them come into their own. You're, you're raising young adults to be able to, so that you can launch them into the world and that they can adult, right? That's ultimately what you're desiring and that they can kind of fly on their own. And we're giving them the roots right now, but it's also time to give them the wings. And in order to give them the wings, you've got to start stepping back, letting go and giving them more agency and more responsibility and more of an awareness of, hey, when I do A, B happens. When I don't do A, B happens. Okay, good to know, right? Or, hey, I got a C on a paper that I really, you know, thought I gave my 110%. 
And instead of going to your parent and or the parent complaining to the teacher, it might be, hey, get a get a meeting with the teacher, find out where things um, stand and why you got that grade, and then see where maybe there's areas of improvement or maybe areas that next time you do the paper, you can approach it differently or check in with the teacher ahead of time. Or th- again, this is just giving them strategies and tools and techniques and ways of engaging with people in the world so that they have that feeling of self-efficacy. They have that feeling of like, I can figure this out. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll figure this out. And I have my feet, feet firmly planted or I'm I'm getting them more firmly planted. And in this process, I'm also figuring out who am I. And while I'm figuring that out, mom and dad might be there as kind of our buffers and our, you know, our safeguards. But ultimately, they're now passing more and more and more off to us. And that's as it should be. That's right. So let's shift over to marital relationship here and, and uh, wrap things up. So on the marital side... I think there's a bit of an assessment as well, the, the, the co-parenting side, if you will. Um, and, and I would encourage you to ask your young adults, what do you need more of? Marta was doing this earlier today with, when she asks our, our kids this, and, and they sometimes roll their eyes or, or they'll actually respond. But what do you need more of? What do you need less of? But ask them, like, how are we doing? Do you need more? Do you need less do you want us more involved in things or do you want us to back off? But that assessment mm-hmm. of how you're interacting, I think is really important. How you're showing up as, as parents yeah. for your, you know, as a, as a married couple to get that feedback. And they mm-hmm. may be like, Hey, mom and dad, you're way, way too involved um, within this. Okay, great. Then I think it's moving into doing work, doing the work together mm-hmm. around how are we? How's our relationship? Are there things going on that we're creating for our kids to worry about? Are there things that are going on that we've got to get our own house in order? Mm-hmm. And taking time to work through that, however that looks. It could be a date night or it could be counseling mm-hmm. or it could be sitting down for a long talk. Marta and I, there are times when we're out of whack. It's like, all right, we need to go and have some conversations and let's right. work through some things. And get back in sync. And I'm actually thinking of a particular mom and daughter with whom I'm working, who I adore and who are such good humans. And the the interplay between the mom and the daughter now in terms of our work together has been such a beautiful thing to witness, where the daughter is asking more of what she needs from the mom. The mom is stepping back and allowing for more space and is open to feedback and she's also open to shifting some things as needed and offering more support and softness and more along the lines of feelings and less along the lines of doing and and um, performing and all of these things were coming from well-intentioned places um, but once she learned that the impact was was what it was she was willing to say hey I'm going to step back and I'm going to, you know, we're going to reassess. We're going to recalibrate. And she and her daughter have done this together. And it has been something incredible to to just be part of and also, as I said, to just be a witness of. And then the young lady with whom I'm working, the work she's doing and just her ability, her willingness, her her go, go to, like, she's just willing to go deep and to ask tougher questions and to, um, to do this work where she's taking more responsibility and accountability for her feelings. She's learning how to honor herself 
take care of herself, soothe herself when she gets anxious. And she's kind of developing a toolkit now that is not in reaction and also isn't about performance, but more about how do I continue to grow and evolve and keep my edge, but do it from a place that's more loving and compassionate and Mm -hmm. um, curious. And it's really incredible to see. I love that because it's it's an example of when our children don't get caught up in our stuff mm-hmm. as a married couple or yeah. as a parent. Yeah. They are then Single free. parents uh, they are as then much free, as anyone else. Right, yeah. to, to then be more themselves and figure That's things right. out. That's right. And it clears the space. It reduces the noise. So I love that. Yeah. That's a great yeah. example. The, yeah. the last thing I would add on the marital side is just alignment. Mm-hmm. Like you and I had you know, through the years of our 22 years of bliss, we have had to figure out how, <laughs> how do we align on certain things or don't. And if we're okay with being misaligned on a few things and, and we'll work through it. And even simple things like what does Christmas look like? And I want to celebrate Christmas for, <laughs> you know, a week or two. And right. Lana's like, no, it's just a time to come together and celebrate and and be together as a family. And it doesn't have to require lots of presents and all that. <laughs> and so, you know, those are, are small examples of much bigger ones, but it's aligning on, um, how you want to parent, how you want to show up, and how you want to support your kids mm-hmm. and allow them to learn and grow as well. Yeah, and choose your battles, right? I mean, I've had to kind of just uh, just allow for some of these things that Craig feels very strongly about. I don't so much. Okay, so we kind of give each other some leeway there. But if we both feel very strongly, the kids are probably going to know we both feel strongly, mm-hmm. and then they're going to know we're both coming at it a little differently, and they get to do with it what they're going to do with it. And again, I think our kids are strong. They are resilient, and they will continue to get stronger and more resilient the more we share, I think, with them from an authentic place what we're trying to, to do here and also take accountability for that and do it very well, uh, whatever that looks like. We are all travelers on this journey, my friends, and I think the better we we own our stuff and uh, the better we allow our children to kind of come into their own, the more we can help each other rise, and it's a beautiful road to walk together. So Until next week, we send our love from Colorado and Craig Brummel. One of these episodes will join us again. Look forward Um, to it. If you all want him, let me know. All right. Take care. Lots of love. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.